right, so we're joined on the line today again by Dr. John Purchase. Now, Dr. Purchase is the CEO of South Africa's Agricultural Business Chamber, AgBiz. Citrus is one of our biggest income generators, revenue generators in terms of exports. Let's sort of just put it into perspective for our listeners out there. A lot of people might be saying, but you know, why are we worrying about exporting oranges to South Korea at this time in the midst of this crisis? Aren't the priorities skewed? But I think, and you will be able to explain better or tell me if I'm wrong, this feeds into the greater economic fallout that that we have and being able to earn any kind of revenue for the country, not for an individual farmer or an individual industry, but just to keep any part of the economy ticking over as well and as effectively as is possible at this time. And this is an opportunity we can't afford not to use. Oh, absolutely. So in terms of our balance of payments, while we're importing a lot of stuff, also PPE, personal protection equipment for the healthcare sector, etc., and a whole lot of other stuff, we need to export as well for our balance of payments to earn foreign exchange, exactly as you were saying. So from an economic point, our exports are incredibly important because if our balance of payments and our trade deficit goes very negative, which it can, then it's going to put a lot of pressure on our RAND, it's going to devalue our RAND, and we're just going to get further into debt and going to battle to service our debt. Our debt levels are already increasing rather dramatically at the moment. Mm -hmm. So anything that we can earn offshore or in the global market and can bring back to South Africa, we absolutely have to do that. And, and I chatted to Justin Chadwick of the Citrus Growers Association the other day. He said, you know, season looking good. And one of the golden lining benefits almost of the virus is citrus is especially in high demand because it's considered healthy. Yes, absolutely. I think one must also understand that any good diet is beneficial because you want to boost your immune system as much as possible. I mean, the evidence is pretty clear. Is those people that have good immune systems manage to fight this disease pretty well. Those that have compromised immune systems and uh, mobility issues like high blood pressure, etc., obviously they seem to be more susceptible. So good nutrition in this time remains critically important. John, you mentioned non-our PPE. I'm going to come back to something that Agdas also put out a call not too long back for role players to assist, help out wherever there is PPE available, not being utilized, maybe donations to health sector or to essential services workers. Yes, we work on various platforms. The one is with the casting of Minister De Deza, where we look at the broader agri-food system. I happen to lead the economic work stream there. Also made some inputs in terms of perhaps phasing in new measures in terms of allowing more economic activity and getting to sitting today on these. But the other one is working uh, within the Business for SA initiative, where we work within the broader business environment in South Africa, also with the healthcare sector. And the healthcare sector did approach us and asked us to participate in trying to acquire PPE, personal protection equipment, and that goes to masks and gloves and goggles and uh, overshoes and a whole lot of equipment that's uh, used in the healthcare sector. Often in the agricultural sector and especially in the food sector, we also use PPE uh, in the factories where you're processing food and you have to maintain a really sanitized environment in terms of food safety, etc. So we had a, a, a really good follow-up and response to my call. And so by flattening the curve, it has given us, South Africa and the healthcare sector, a chance to build up stocks and supplies of PPE, etc. So we participated in that program on behalf of the healthcare sector to try and give us a chance to build up those stocks because the storm hasn't hit us yet.
We saw Professor Karim saying that it's inevitable that the disease is going to hit South Africa. Probably 70 to 80 percent of South Africans are going to get the disease. Our healthcare sector is still going to come under enormous pressure. But at least we have the chance to get ventilators, to get PPE, to get hospital beds, to get isolation centers up and running. And that's been the benefit of the lockdown, is the time factor that we've managed to buy with us. So it has helped us to prepare. Whether we are fully prepared, I don't know. I think there's still lots of gaps because we need to test a lot more. But at least it's given us a better sense of capacity in terms of dealing with this disease. I must be honest, I think in my personal opinion, South Africa's response and action during this time, uh, although not without hiccups and issues here and there, has been world class, more so than some of our first world nations who one would expect to have done better. But speaking about AGBIS and the Agricultural Business Chamber and the various sectors that you guys are involved with, the various meetings and mitigations that you've been involved with, with government, with businesses and so on and so forth. Let's quickly look to the crux of this. Lockdown has had a lot of positive benefits for South Africa. Economically, it's a tragedy and listening to international media, the IMF is warning that this could be worse than the Great Depression. How is Agbas feeling about the economic fallout of this situation? I think most important, we always have to look at this holistically. And there's a balance between the disease management, the social management of this all, and the economic management. And we agree that the president's has taken the right decisions. The cabinet have generally taken the right decisions around the lockdown and are bringing fairly draconian measures in. I think it has played a role. But this cannot go on for much longer. Uh, also, in surveys that we've been participating in with PTGI, the Public-Private Growth Initiative, the sense is that we, we can sort of generally cope with a three-week lockdown. If we go into the next two weeks, then we really start damaging businesses and the ability to can operate sustainably again afterwards. So the, the next two weeks after this initial three-week phase is really going to put a lot of pressure on the economy. I think government realizes and senses, and I think the cabinet is meeting today as we talk, and we will probably see a, a statement in terms of certain new measures that they will be bringing in to try and stimulate more economic activity, which I think is necessary now because we're creating too many supply chains at the moment and too many companies, especially smaller businesses, are under enormous pressure at the moment. So, yes, I think we've reached a phase now where we've got to start getting into a recovery phase on the economy while trying to keep the trajectory of infections as low as possible. So there will still be measures. I doubt whether we will see, for example, big sport meetings and things like that or concerts or anything like that coming on very, very soon. I think we, the gatherings will still be restricted, but I do think that we need to get more economic activity going. For example, the mining sector, exports of minerals. There are a couple of things that we need to get done right, but then we also need to make sure that our work environments, our workplaces are safe and sanitized and that they follow the prescriptions in terms of social distancing, sanitizing the hands, the workplace, etc. So, yes, it's going to be an adaptation for us for probably at least two years until we have a vaccine within which we're going to have to live. And it's going to depend on our personal habits. It's going to depend on our self-discipline in terms of how we manage that. That is going to be our challenge. John, not really an easy answer there, um, bit of a catch-22, damned if you do, damned if you don't, in terms of the economy. There 
there is no easy answer. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, there's going to have to be some reviews. I think a lot of people, average South Africans, are, of course, hoping they'll be able to uh, get a pack of cigarettes or go to the bottle store again. Um, but other people, other sectors, other industries, just hoping for a little bit of leeway that they can start getting back to business in a safe way if possible. I think of a conversation that I had with somebody from the Wool Growers Association the other day, um, and he said, you know, at the moment, they can still sell their meat, but their entire calculation is based on a strategy that employs both the wool and the meat value. And wool is not an essential service. Even if they are able to share it and keep it stored at home until such time as trade can resume, invariably that income would have been used for something else, for example. So springing off of that example, what kind of relaxations, kind of mitigation would we hope to see that would be good for agriculture at large? Yes, absolutely important. And, and in our submission that we made on Sunday to the minister, we basically asked for all trades and all activities in the whole agricultural sector to be opened up. That includes also your non-essential, in other words, your non-food value chains. And that would include your wool, your mowe, your cotton, your tobacco, your flowers and ornamental plants, your ostrich products like ostrich leather and feathers, and there are a couple more. So all those Basically, we want those value chains to start operating again as normal. In other words, they can process, they can uh, export, they can trade, etc., cetera, uh, share and carry on, etc. So I think those are uh, very important proposals that we made to government. And we, we, we can, to a large extent, in the agriculture sector, you know, it, it is more isolated in any case. There are situations where a lot of staff are housed on farms in any case. You, you, you can quite effectively implement safe working environments? Yes, both, in, both on the farms, obviously, and even in the workplaces, like pack houses mm-hmm. and in factories and in abattoirs, etc. So, you know, it's quite diverse in the whole value chain, but the point is that we then still to follow all the measures around social distancing and, and the sanitation measures and everything that goes with that. Even testing and making sure that it's safe and temperature testing in the mornings to make sure that uh, no workers are pitching up for work that have fevers and so on. So there are different ways that we can manage that. I think sometimes you're going to probably have a safer and a healthy environment at the work than what you have in, in townships and informal settlements where we understand that if you look at some of the material that's available that people are not following these measures. But we will need to, to follow those in the, in the sector. Mm, I, I did a tour of an abattoir uh, late last year, and I told you the amount of uh, washing stations that you have in there. there. There ain't no corona getting through there. It's quite amazing to see. But John, business confidence in the sector, agribusiness confidence, uh, what have you guys, in terms of your research, noted? Yes, um, obviously we run the, the Agribusiness Confidence Index, looking at how the leaders in agriculture, the CEOs of the major companies, across all value chains, look at investment decisions, etc. And one deal is global runs this for us. And the last one was actually, uh, there was an uptick because conditions had improved and that was just literally before the, the uh, lockdown and the pandemic really started. Before that, it was negative for a number of quarters, I think six or seven or eight quarters in a row. So agriculture was in trouble. We we had also seen negative GDP growth most of last year, 
So we were hoping that this would be an uptick because of the better rains that had fallen and the better conditions. But this will obviously impact hugely on demand for food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will also impact on, on our ability to export, which is such a fundamental part of our industry now. So it is going to knock the economy and confidence in the sector. Exactly how, we don't know, because there are so many uncertainties with how this disease is going to pan out or play out. Perhaps we can end off there, John. I really have kept you for very long, and it's been so interesting to gain your insights there. But one of the things that we often hear of many of the conferences, congresses that we would have attended this year had they been going ahead um, is, you know, you need to, as a business, as a farmer, keep your eye on the ball. Keep your focus on things that you can actually impact. We, we've had this discussion many times over the land debate, over drugs over this. You can't control whether or not it rains. You can't control what's happening with the virus, but there are manageables you can control. There are things that you as a business, an agricultural business or any business, can be doing during this time to ensure that you are still around after this time. What is your closing message to the sector, to South Africa at large? Yes, I think the most important is that it's going to be business unusual for quite a while. It might even be a new normal in the sense that the way we do business is going to change. I think it is. We, we've got to go and strategize and see what the new drivers are going to be in terms of agriculture and agribusiness. So you're going to have to do quite a bit of strategic planning. You're going to have to look at, at your revenue streams, your cash flow. You're going to have to look at your human resourcing in terms of what capacity you need. Uh, we're going to have to look at what the demand is going to be like both locally and globally, how those demand patterns and consumption patterns change. So all these are factors that any businessman will have to bring into consideration in the next few weeks. So we, we also have our council meeting on Friday, and part of it is to inform businesses to relook their strategies, to understand uh, what they're going to need to do to survive, because I think a lot of it is survival mode now, is to make sure that your revenue streams stay intact, that you're managing your costs, that you're looking at new opportunities, but also identifying those opportunities that are getting closed down, because there are some opportunities like that. So it's really repositioning and understanding as best possible in this uncertain environment that we're in, how you position yourself to can do business in the next 18 months or more. And, and while you're doing that, don't forget to just keep an eye on the weather out there. <laughs> yes, of course. It will help if we can get good weather conditions for the next year or two. That will definitely help us a lot. We're really grateful for the uh, good maize crop that's on the fields this year, and it's looking pretty good in the Western Cape, past Eastern Cape, still very dry. But generally, from the conditions point of view, we're in a better situation than what we've been in for a couple of years. Fantastic. Couldn't have come at a better time. And that is Dr. John Purchase. He's the CEO of Agbiz, been speaking to us a little bit about what they have been observing himself and the team still hard at work, although under lockdown, he's carrying on continuing to engage with various role players, top-level engagements with governments, businesses, various industry role players as well. John, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today. Great pleasure, Sabina. Thank you very much.